Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Jitsu Podcast. This is Vince Pakleb, your host. This is the podcast where we talk all things business and all things jujitsu. We hope you enjoy the show. Man, what a week, huh? <laughs> yeah, man, you, you were busy, man. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, the grind is it's fun. So you got a lot done though. Got a lot done. Got a lot of training in this week too, man. I'm so stoked about that. Yeah. Did you end up um training with um over at the other academy on Thursday? Uh at Combat Base, yeah. Yeah, at com- oh, yeah. My God, was, I went there again this morning. Oh nice. Yeah. That's where I was at this morning, so yeah, I got uh, two days with TK, two days over at Combat Base. So, nice. Yeah, was fun. Um, yeah, I was. I'm. I'm thinking about training more on Thursdays with Jen. Hmm. Because um, I went this past Thursday and just just getting another look of. I mean, it's Nogi too. So. Yeah. Uh, it was a good training session for me as well. <laughs> What's interesting too is, um. You're beginning to see a lot of Rick and Jamie and just a lot of that kind of morning crew that always goes to Jen. I'm beginning to see them apply a lot of that stuff when we roll too. So that's good. I like that. That's one of the reasons why I'm going. (laughs) Seriously, right? I'm like, man, where are you guys learning this stuff? I got, I got to see what's, what's happening here. Um, Definitely catches me by surprise sometimes. For sure. Um, But that's part of growing, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rex. I mean, just that whole, that whole crew. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're fun to, fun to roll with just cause it's, uh, again, a little different look. Yeah. 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 What else is- <laughs> the, uh, training on Thursday, dude, it was a, <laughs> another planet, dude. Yeah. There were uh, a couple brown belts, two black belts. Um, and myself, little old me. So yeah, it was fun. When I look at your story and you have, you know, you show a little shot of the academy, mm-hmm. it looks like it reminds me of a military base or something. <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> uh, well, the, the funny thing is, is so he was a Marine. Okay. And I mean, it's mind blowing because he's been a, a black belt since 96. And when he started his you know options were to do privates with Horion Hickson Hegan Machado and Hoyce and that was his options 30 minute privates and you choose one of the four and you just train and it was all in garages just like that and I, I was talking to him today about it and he was saying how he's had that garage for 20 years. So, you know, a lot of that that's in there is just accumulation of art and stuff that he's just accumulated over you know the past couple of decades. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it looks great. I mean, it feels <laughs> like when it like when I see your stories, like it makes me want to train just looking at the video, oh, yeah. like like it just like I can feel my heart rate going up just looking at it. <laughs> like 
I should put the gi on right now. So dope. Yeah. The uh, the cool thing about him too is um so he's also an artist, like an actual artist. So he likes to create art. Mm-hmm. So he has this very philosophical mind. Plus also too, I mean, just like anything else, right? Any expert, you've been doing something for so long. Um, you know, just their way to articulate things and simplify things. And I mean, today we were doing some real simple grip breaks. And again, I mean, you would think that, okay, hey, as long as we've been training that you've seen like, okay, there's only a certain amount of grip breaks that you could get that you could learn. But I mean, just so simple, fundamental things that are so obvious. But again, I, we were going over just some real simple grip breaks. And I was like, man, I've never seen this before. or I never thought about it this way before. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. That's, that's the good thing about training at other academies from time to time is just getting that new look or just a fresh look at things. Um, Cause sometimes you just, get really comfortable doing things that you already know yeah. and uh, just applying, you know, that concept and you can sharpen it up, you know, little by little each time, but just getting a completely different look at things, man. Just like even training with Jen on Thursday, like he was talking about Gamby rolls, like the way people, re- way wrestlers do it. And then compared to how jujitsu people do it. And it just blew my mind. Like just one little thing, he just changes up and it's just a big eye opener how you can just get stacked. Because mm-hmm. he talks about like when you gamby roll as a, as a wrestler, you're supposed to go over your neck, mm-hmm. right? They, like they roll over their shoulder and over their neck. He says um, when in jujitsu, you want to roll over kind of like your rib cage, like more on your back when you do it. Because if you do it over your neck, the guy on top is just going to stack you. Right. <laughs> that little concept man i was like just mind blown yeah for sure yeah the um uh also to just you know when you hear certain statements and uh, they're probably statements we've heard but when you hear them just from a different angle or a different voice or in a different atmosphere um yeah i think it just opens up your mind Mm -hmm. a little bit yeah today uh, Chris was talking about uh, just being able to have kind of your three gro- your three go-to moves in every position that you're in, right? And those three go-to moves that you have to just know the ins and outs and how those three moves tie together and transition. And what is that one transition from those three moves from one position into your three next moves in another position and just being very proficient in those, you know, very simple things, instead of knowing a bunch of different things, just being able to understand like, okay, Hey, I need to understand what all these other things are, but just being very specific and nuanced and detailed about the two or three things that you're going to do in each position and knowing that, Hey, there's all these other things that could happen. So anyways, again, real simple concept. That's not a new theory or new concept, but just hearing him talk about it and and giving me examples of it. I'm like, man, that's, that's good stuff. It's fun. (laughs) Sounds like, for me, a little bit more homework. Seriously, <laughs> right? It's like, dang, I've got more things to do on my list now. I'm like yeah. just thinking about, have more intentions, man. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Good stuff. That's a good, that's a really good concept. Yeah, real simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that applies to a lot of things. Right? I think in, Heck yeah. you know, in, in business or in jujitsu, right? I mean, in business, we can, you could try doing 
too many things all at one time or get really, really proficient at two or three things and just drive that thing home mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of, um, of Nick Angeloni mentioning that about one of his principles of, um, and he says it's only for like small businesses. And like, if you're the only one working, it's like you want to get really good at it mm-hmm. and it has to be something you love doing every day. Right. And that's what he does. This jujitsu and coach. Like Yeah. Jujitsu coach and make content. <laughs> yeah, make content. And really, he loves really what he, he gets to roll every day. Sometimes two times a day. So yeah. I mean make content about stuff that he really likes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Good, good stuff, man. Yeah. So uh What's the uh, what's the agenda? What's the agenda for um, for today? Um, let's do some recaps on some of the guests that we've had this past month or the last four weeks. So who do we have? We have um, Damien, mm-hmm. Rob, Kim, Andrea, and Matt. Yeah. Yeah, that's a freaking pretty solid lineup. That is <laughs> pretty Man. solid lineup. Where do you want to start, Damien? Let's start with start with Damien. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I just posted that the stem cell therapy, right? And you know, that kind of therapy is still being researched. I mean, it's being researched for a long time, but it just amazes me to hear like his experience through it and where he's at with it. Cause I know a lot of people are still skeptical about it, but I think that's going to be one of the methods of treatment I'll be doing. If I ever get to that point, Sure, <laughs> I'm going to try it. Cause man, um, I, I know the concept. I understand what it does, but I know, you know, not, that treatment is doesn't really isn't really for everyone or there's there can be a difference for every individual. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what's interesting about that is I have gone through the surgery process or we'll, we'll even go the physical therapy medication mm-hmm. surgery and post surgery um process and if i ever got injured again which you know i hope i don't but in the in the event that i do i will go look for other alternatives other than that process because that freaking process was super lame it it was a yeah i mean just very bureaucratic takes too long um yeah it was just one of those things that um yeah didn't, didn't work out in my favor. Look where you're yeah, at now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, well, the, the, um, the stem cell process, um, again, I don't know enough about science about it, mm-hmm. but when you hear everyone that has gone through it, talk about it, man, it's oh, so yeah. fascinating. Well, what's fascinating too about it is why it can't be, more available here in the U.S. 
and you know why that is so blocked out. And I think part of the reason why it's so blocked out is for the exact reason what I was talking about, right? Is medication, traditional um, medicine, um, physical therapy, uh, insurance, surgery, post-op, all of those things are massive businesses here. Yes. So the idea that you know something like stem cells can you know simplify that process and also you know improve the process overall. I mean, I can imagine just people that um, participate in the profits of uh, of those big businesses are doing everything they can to prevent something like that from you know eroding oh, their, yeah. their business. I completely agree with you on that. Definitely. Um, you know, it's like it's natural umbilical tissue. I mean, that's one route of stem cells that they do is through umbilical tissue. And um, I think there's just some, they try to use every law that they can to not allow that because it Mm -hmm. is coming from a womb or a mother. And they're going to try to protect that as, you know, through legal, (laughs) legal matters as much as possible just to prevent it to going out to the public. I think. That's my personal belief on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know what the uh, again. I'm I'm I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to this, right? The ethical um, perspective in regards to that. I just hey, you know, if there's an alternative choice to be able to improve someone's overall health and they have an option to be able to choose, I think people should have the ability, you know, to be able to explore an option if it's something that's viable, right, and proven. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems people that have gone through a process, you know, have been, um, been able to see some good results. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't normal everyday people have a chance to be able to do that here locally instead of having to go, you know, to other countries like Damien did, or, you know, there's, there's other places that are available. So, uh, Eddie, Eddie Bravo, I think he did. (laughs) He went to, Mm -hmm. where do you go? I forget. Somewhere in Mexico. (laughs) Yeah. Can't remember. Um, but you know, I mean, back to, to Damien, how he, him, one of the biggest things that big, big takeaways for me was, um, doing things that others don't mentality, Mm -hmm. man, it's like going back to like how I always say, uh, Oh, I'm always steering away or, um, away whenever I get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Those are the times when I lose my chances in doing things and taking right. the leap or just, you know, reaching that next level. Um, it's because maybe because I didn't see other people doing it and that's why I didn't do it. You know, now I'm like starting to look at everything now. It's like, I don't care if they're not doing it. I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, what, see what happens. Right. <laughs> I mean, what's yeah. the worst that can happen? Of yeah, course, big... I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look at those factors, but, you know, I'm definitely going to be, you know, not being hesitant to do that anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, the other thing that was interesting about Damien was how he talks about um, tying all of his businesses together. And, you know, he's an executive for a tech company that is focused on, uh, you know, guest and user experience. And, 
he takes those experiences plus his passion for BJJ and says, okay, great. I'm going to create, you know, a software program that's going to improve the member and user experience for jujitsu consumers and jujitsu academy owners. He likes investing in real estate. So he says, Hey, I'm just going to buy a building, put my jujitsu academy and my CrossFit gym inside of my building. And then, Hey, I'm an actor. So, you know, Hey, I'm going to now, um, go through the process of acting and that whole thing. And now, Hey, I'm going to look for opportunities for me to, um, use my ranch for potential acting and stunts and different things like that. I'm like, man, that's so fascinating how he's just literally tying all of his businesses together. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to jump to the next guest, but like Rob talks about that, like oh, yeah. that synergistic events, events or events and, and relationships. Know. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy. I well, love that. It's funny that you say that because that was my notes is, mm-hmm. You know, success leaves clues. And when you take someone like Damien and you take someone like Rob, two different episodes, two different people, two different parts of the country, uh, both jujitsu practitioners and seeing that parallel between the two of both of them wanting to create these, you know, synergistic events is what Rob put the label on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just fascinating, fascinating stuff. And again, it's not revolutionary stuff, but it's really cool to be able to see it come to life and see it come to life literally on two back-to-back episodes and how all that ties together. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, on that topic of, you know, back-to-back episodes, it's amazes me by how each individual, I think I mentioned this before, like how their business kind of came to fruition by someone not telling them or someone telling them that they're not good at what they do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Man. For sure. I, <clears throat> the um the Rob episode, what I liked one, I like doing it. I like the fact that we did that on site. That was super cool. But man, that guy's a nice academy dude. Oh yeah, man. Talking about like member experience there, oh, man. Yeah, yeah some man. I was like just amazed. The ceilings, the ceiling fans, the mats, mats already clean. Um, the bathrooms. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah. Man, it didn't Details. smell like sweat. <laughs> it was like, man, this is. It feels like a spa almost. <laughs> yeah, all the white. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, the aesthetics of it, super pleasing. I don't know if you ever, if you follow um their academy, but you know they had uh, Rob had recently posted. Um, I don't know if they're having a belt promotion or it was just a big kids class. I'm like, man, that whole. Mass space was all taken up, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah really I, cool. I think I saw a little glimpse of it. How they just circled the whole border of the academy. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome, man. Um, but yeah, I would love to try to get a roll in with him. And that was one of his wishes too. Was when I asked him, like, if you had three people to roll with, who would they be? It was yeah. you and I on there. <laughs> Bring it. Let's go, Rob. Let's if you're listening go. to this, Rob, send We're the in. invite. <laughs> We're in. Yeah. Academy's, uh, his academy is super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, plus also, too, I mean, I think it's really cool just, you know, how his thoughts on business, again, very similar to, to Rob, right, is, 
hey, he was thinking about, um, you know, hey, what are my opportunities? What am I looking to do? What can I do next? Do I want to buy a building? Do I want to grow and expand? Uh, because that was one of the things I think um, you had asked him, like one of the challenges, and he was talking about uh, contractors, right? Because he was expanding his business. And yeah, I mean, that's uh, <clears throat> that's super cool, right? Just to be able to see people not just take one step into their business, but continue to expand and grow, right? Grow their business, grow their portfolio. Um, mm-hmm. The other part of it too is just doing things that they are very passionate about and things that they're very excited and interested about. You know, you follow Rob on uh, on his social. I mean, he's very passionate about, you know, assisting people with dental, right? And, and cosmetic, mm-hmm. cosmetic dentistry and just that as a whole. <clears throat> and, you know, he's obviously very good at it. And it's fascinating that he's building a business and, uh, you know, massive business around that. And then on top of that, you know, he has a passion for jiu-jitsu, so he's like, hey, we're all in. We're going to buy an academy, yeah. build an academy out. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, he has that leadership-like aura around him and just very influential. Just sitting there with him, man. The moment I yeah. met him, cool guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has some energy energy yeah. about him for sure. Mm-hmm. The uh, unique thing about that is, you know, not only does he have, like, really good energy, he has the capacity to energize people and mm-hmm. you know again you just kind of like what you said right you get that getting some face time with him of you know he just he brings that you know very positive energy has an aura about him that you know makes you want to you know kind of step up and bring your a game being around mm-hmm. uh, being around a guy like that yeah <laughs> super cool man andrea dude you see oh. andrea won the uh, europeans oh, yeah that was Ooh, she's a savage I was like, things are happening fast for her. <laughs> it's just oh, yeah. like, she just won Nogi pans out here. Yeah. Then goes, travels across the country. It's just, just taking medals left the and world. right. <laughs> Rome. Man, that's a, yeah, pretty awesome. That's what an awesome trip that would be. It's one thing yeah. to be able to go. And I think she's there for 10 days. So she's there 10 days training, seeing the, um, you know, seeing Rome. She posted those pictures of the Coliseum. I'm like, that's pretty badass. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was you, like <laughs> I saw the the clouds over the Coliseum. I'm like, dang, there's storms coming. I'm like yeah. <laughs> really pretty, set the stage. Yeah, pretty legit. You take that <laughs> and then you just go compete and uh take home a gold medal to Washington, DC. <laughs> awesome. Arlington, Virginia, I should say Washington DC is where kind of that, mm-hmm. that general area, but yeah, pretty, pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, what was one of the things that the biggest takeaways from Andrea, Andrea's episode was um, how she said about like giving your permission to just kind of roll with unexpected events mm-hmm. that happen. Um, sometimes I just when things just don't go my way, I kind of let it get to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still me working on my personal growth and personal development and just hearing more people. She wasn't the only one that mentioned something like that. And um, yeah, that was, that was my biggest takeaway from her episode. Yeah. What I liked about um, 
Andrea's episode is when she was talking about um, when I had asked her about uh, interviewing, like, what was that like interviewing all these personalities? And she was like, um, you know, just recognizing that they're, they're just people, right? They're people too. Right. And I think that that is just a real good takeaway because I think when people get around very influential people or people that are high profile individuals, um, there's a certain sense of, um, I don't know, what do you call that when you're uh, starstruck, right? Or mm-hmm. there's a certain degree of like, you. there's a, a sense of feeling what, um, or a certain sense of wanting to be someone that you're not, right? Thinking that you have to, you know, be somebody else to be present around somebody else like that. And yeah, I think just being yourself, right? They're people too. They're normal, everyday people that just happen to be very good at, uh, at jiu-jitsu and happen to have, you know, great personalities that people gravitate to. But at the end of the day, they're, they're people just like us, right? And I think just yeah, being able yeah. to wrap your arms around that and simplify conversations, I think that, that you know, helps put everyone's guard down a little bit. But, I mean, she's interviewed some, some major people. Matt, Matt from Epic Roll. Yeah, man. Love that guy. <laughs> he said when he first hopped on, man, I loved his background. <laughs> Dude, all the canvases, and I'm sure that's all the shirts that he's designed or something, something, and in, in, had some meaning on that wall. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a really good one, man. The one takeaway that I have about Matt is patience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude. I mean, it's super interesting hearing him talk about Epic Roll and just kind of the process and how long it took for him to be able to kind of start really getting some traction and just the adversity he went through with the falling out with his professor and just, I mean, all the stuff that comes along with that. Yeah. And, you know, to see where it's at and where it's going and who his partners are now and just the direction that that's going. And, um, you know, you couple that with the storyline about the uh, bottle company that he's launching. And I mean, when you tie in the timeline there, you know, he's launching a company that took him, that he had the idea about 18 years ago. I mean, that is just crazy, dude. Had an idea 18 years ago, worked through it, different ideas, different iterations, different partners, different concepts, different industries, different meetings. I mean, patience. Oh, yeah. Patience, patience, patience. When he was talking about how he can't sustain having the 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 Epic Roll products at his own house, it's like there's not enough room. Yeah. There's just (laughs) Yeah, yeah, got to buy a building. (laughs) We got to put it in a building. Good problem to have. Yeah. The other thing um, that also um, big takeaway was how the name Epic Roll just kind of was in his mind or just kind of popped up in his mind. Very organic. Very organic. And how he talked about when you have these spontaneous ideas that kind of like light your fire, like you just know it's meant to be like something is to have some jot it down, write it down. And, um, you know, for me, 
I think I've had a lot of those where I just kind of eh, just let it pass. Like maybe it's not something it's not worth something moving forward to, but it is worth just jotting down and going back to later on. Yeah. I'm starting to do that a little bit more often. Um, ever since you told me to download that Google keep app, Oh yeah, I've been all that stuff, dude. The Google Keep is a game changer. It is, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyone listening out there, and you got like these spontaneous ideas, download Google Keep. <laughs> That's yeah, so good. Google Keep. You got projects going on. You got a lot of different things happening. Good way to keep your life organized and your thoughts organized. I mean, I use that thing for everything. I use it when I go to the grocery store. I use it when I do my daily to do list. I have it when I, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do. I try to do privates. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I have an opportunity to do that, and I have kind of running, running uh, notes from privates yeah. that I've that I've done. Uh, anytime I have just random, random ideas, I I do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I use kind of two two tools. One is uh, an app called Journey, which is like a journaling app, and I like just getting my ideas out. And then Google Keep is more task oriented type things. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the aesthetics um, because I do. I use my iPhone Notes. That's what I was using before that. But man, when I try to go back to anything, I have to like scroll all the way down to like I don't know, maybe last year. Google Keep has this. It's a spread out of tiles. Yeah, and it's just aesthetically pleasing and easy to get to. You know? Yeah, just love yeah. That. The cool thing about too about Google Keep is um, you can move the tiles around. Right, so like, yeah. I, I get more and more ideas, and like, hey, this thing gets pushed down. Okay, I'm making this a priority, pulling that thing back up. Yeah, super helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the epic role, and just how that thought comes to mind. You know, I think I was telling you the whole idea of how Bizjitsu came about, and I didn't know what I was trying to come to life i just knew that there was something there right that there was something to do with the world of business the world of jiu-jitsu how do we network it together right because there are parallels and how do we create conversations and what is this going to be like and that was it just literally writing out ideas of is this going to be a chamber of commerce is it going to be a website what is this thing going to be is it going to be a network and you know, the whole idea and all the names and just all the different things. And that's exactly what happened, right? Is I was writing down all these random thoughts and random names and what we're going to call it, what's it going to be. And that biz jitsu idea came about. And I think I was telling you, I wrote that down and I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I mean, 13 seconds later, I was on godaddy.com to see if it was available. And I'm like, oh, this thing's available. It's on. Let's go. Let's go get some. And uh, that was the start of it. Nice. Yeah, super cool. Um, I think um, for anyone that's listening, what would you call the Biz Jitsu podcast? Like, if what would you if quickly define it? If anyone asks, like, what is it about? We're a business referral network for. BJJ practitioners that own businesses with a goal of doing business with one another and networking both on and off the mats. Nice. 
you know, I did a exercise with producer Ed and, uh, you know, for those of you that are listening, we have a producer named Ed and, uh, he has a company called Mallard creative. They're a marketing, uh, agency, a boutique uh, marketing agency. And I met him at actually at a Chris Howder seminar. I think if you guys ever listened to the, uh, initial launch episode, we tell the story of how we both first met there. And as I threw out the idea to him again, it was still a, you know, pretty general idea. I had a better idea of where I was going by the time I met um, Ed, and uh, we did this brand exercise. And he sent me over a series of questions, and we went back and forth and had a you know a series of phone calls. And I mean, it was a back and forth exercise. And he helped us develop the you know traditionally called a brand statement for Biz Jitsu. Um, for me, I call it, Hey, this is our North star, right? This is kind of the direction that we're going, but yeah, being able to piece, um, you know, who we are and, you know, what's important to us, what do we value, you know, what's our goal, right? What, what do we, what do we intend to give to, um, the community? Like what are our intentions? I think that was a very helpful exercise, right? To be able to say, Hey, you know, here's what we're trying to do. And here's what the objective is as a, as a brand and as an organization and, uh, you know, helps us make decisions, right? Cause anything really outside of this, obviously this will continue to evolve, but anything outside of that brand statement, um, you know, it's just, we don't want to put, we could put our time in a lot of different places. I just want to make sure that is what we're doing in line with what we say we want to do, which is, you know, kind of some of the things that came through on that brand statement document. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that like the logo was there something like a prior to that like did you change it or was that logo that you created or designed was that the one um there were iterations of that when when it came to the logo so a little history on the logo um when i have a mentor that that i work with and as we were going through this whole conversation, you know, I was sharing with him, you know, part of the goal of this is, you know, this is a, we'll call it a passion project, but I also, you know, have intentions of this is, you know, a business that we're going to build as well, right? That's going to be attached to it. And the service that we're going to provide is going to be, you know, to deliver networking opportunities for people in the jiu community, right? So as we we're going through this, you know, I was sharing with um, with Paul, um, you know, hey, when I build this, you know, the goal is to be able to, I want there to be a very high degree of authenticity in the way that this thing gets built, uh, because you know I think sometimes we can fall victim to wanting to try to please everybody and fall victim to try to create something that we believe people want to hear and see. And I was like, man, not on this one. That ain't going to happen, right? It's like, hey, we're going to talk about jiu-jitsu. We're going to talk about business. And everything that we do is going to be around, you know, things like that. And, hey, we're going to want to talk to people that are, you know, I find interesting and, and we find interesting because, yeah, I just would like to talk to people that, you know, have interesting businesses and learn about what their origin stories are. And, you know, that to me was e- extremely important. Also, too, you know, it's a scenario where we're at an age where I think 
authenticity, if we're trying to be something that we're not, like that comes through pretty quickly, right? People could read through that. And, you know, my goal was, hey, I'm, I'm not trying to do anything other than, you know, offer an environment where we could have conversations around, you know, these kind of two worlds, right? People have passions about businesses, small, medium, solopreneurs, independent salespeople, you know, whatever the case, you know, the, the scale of your business. I think that there's, you know, people that have passions for that and people that have passions for, for jujitsu. And when we were, you know, when we started first with this kind of brand statement, you know, putting out all of these ideas and, you know, having Mallory creative uh, help us organize that. And the other part of it was with the logo piece. It was, I have a lot of inspiration um, from graffiti and I have a lot of inspiration from uh, mid-century modern architecture, right? So if you think of like um, Palm Springs, right, the mm-hmm. architecture that comes from that uh, kind of Palm Springs era, um, and that was really the inspiration. So, you know, I started Googling things around mid-century modern fonts. And I took all these different screenshots of things that I'm like, hey, this looks kind of cool. And they were kind of this mid-century modern, I guess kind of 60s, 70s, I don't even know what era that is, but um, that had just kind of this specific look and feel. And sent that to the original designer, Mike, uh, from 10th Planet. He actually just Mm -hmm. got his brown belt, by the way. I don't know if you saw that, but he's got his brown belt. And anyways, shared that with him. And, you know, he came back with a couple different iterations and we went back and forth and I said, all right, hey, this is it, right? So that was kind of version one. And then uh, Mike, the graphic designer, Mike, kind of took that and evolved it, right? And kind of created that same original look and feel and added some, you know, texture and background and everything to it. But yeah, I mean, that's really it is, hey, I wanted to, keep things as authentic as, you know, as we can. And, you know, I get inspired by those kind of two worlds, graffiti and mid-century modern architecture. And I said, man, you know what? If we're going to create something, should have that same look and feel. And, hey, if no one likes it, that's their problem. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, it's, it's getting better. Man, Noah's art piece. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. I love yeah, it. What's interesting, I, man, you know, I, I followed Noah before this whole thing. And if you ever look on Noah's page, he has this uh, Japanese tattoo or, or um, he has this uh, piece of art that is um, kind of has a Japanese tattoo inspired. And there's a, a guy who has kind of like the samurai-ish look and he's doing like a knee slice pass and i'm like man i really like this piece of art for two reasons one that knee slice like that's kind of my go-to um (laughs) pass right and the other part of it too is if you look at the design like i like a lot of japanese tattoos and you know the guy has japanese tattoos and i have a you know i have my chest done and my arms done and i'm like man this is super cool because again it just kind of spoke to that world of Japanese tattoos and, you know, jujitsu. And anyways, I'm like, man, this guy has some really cool art. And then as I started to follow more and more of his art, I'm like, man, this guy has some graffiti inspiration inside there too. And I'm like, man, I really like that too. So anyways, it's real cool to kind of have him part of the network now. And, you know, when, when we first reached out to him, I wanted to kind of share with him, 
hey man, I'm really inspired by what you do and wanted to kind of share with him this vision of what, uh, what we were doing and asked him to kind of do that initial piece. And man, he was super cool to work with, or is super cool to work with, I should say, because we went back and forth on all the iterations. Um, but man, it's really cool to be able to share with him just some thoughts of kind of the yin and yang of business and how those two come together and just having his creative ability kind of put that piece together is really, really cool. Wait, how, yeah, how did you, how did you originally find him? Was it through Instagram or? It was Instagram. Oh man. Yeah, it's through <laughs> Instagram. Like... <laughs> and again, it's Instagram smart, right? Way smarter than I am. <laughs> But the, you know, on the kind of for you page, I was yeah. just oh, scrolling yeah. and I, yeah, I was just scrolling, and I saw this Japanese kind of art piece that was like a literally piece of art, and I'm like, man, that looks kind of, you know, there's some jujitsu inspiration in there, and I think part of it too is like if you look at my, um, you know, my search or my for you, right, is there's a lot of jujitsu in there, there's a lot of graffiti in there. There's a lot of Japanese tattoos in there, right? So anyways, his one piece kind of came up and I'm like, man, this looks super interesting and ended up following him on my personal page. And as this thing started to come to life, I'm like, man, you know what? You know, I want to, I want to make this thing come to life as authentic as we can. And, you know, it was really cool to be able to spend some time with him on that and learn about him. And, and he has a cool, really cool story. Super cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Really dope artwork. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's creative um the knee slice yeah what would be cool if we can if he can like create a design for everyone that um hits their favorite move or whatever move they hit right. <laughs> yeah. like everyone in the academy yeah. post it all on the wall and then they'll say like oh yeah that's so and so oh that's <laughs> oh yeah freaking Jesse you don't even need to put names yeah <laughs> <laughs> so annoying <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure he has um yeah he's that very unique ability right and that's one of the things too that i i've been finding very fascinating about as we spend more and more time with some of these founders of people that have just taken things that they're passionate about and created businesses around them oh yeah I mean, you look at Andrea, she was a author and was very interested in writing and then started writing about jujitsu. And, but at the same time, she's still, a, you know, an, an actual science fiction author and novelist. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you take, um, you, you know, guys like Noah, right. That are just, Hey, I'm passionate about jujitsu and I'm passionate about art. So I'm going to make a bunch of jujitsu art and i'm going to create a company and i'm going to put my arts on you know i'm gonna put my art on t-shirt and i'm gonna sell it through vendetta and you know nathan right hey he became you know early on he realized oh man i can be an attorney and i can help people because he had that inspiration with his you know kind of the situation with his dad and mm -hmm. um yeah i'm gonna go be an attorney and i'm gonna make a career out of it and i'm gonna manage fighters and uh, again, I mean, it's fascinating to be able to see how there's a lot of overlap. And yeah, I think sometimes like I've been stuck in that, right? I've been stuck in that where, you know, I did a career because I happened to have an opportunity to do that career and I wasn't exceptionally, you know, in love with it or passionate about it. I just did it because I was doing it, right? And I think it's, um, you know, there's a lot of value in just, hey, if you're going to put your time and energy in some place, it might as be something that you're passionate about. And hey, if you can build a business about it and, um, 
you know, create some profits and help people along the way. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. It's so interesting that, you know, trying to find that passion because, you know, I don't know. I think the Asian culture or just even the Filipino culture were raised to be like very disciplined and like listening to our elders. And, mm-hmm. and for me personally, man, I was doing that like for a long time. And at some point, like I was just automatically doing what people told me to. Oh yeah. And maybe there's some moments here and there where like, okay, this is my passion. This is what I like to do, but definitely the listening to what other people are telling me to do definitely overlap that. Oh yeah. And man, now I'm like starting to realize it more. The more guests we speak to about like, their passion and how they they got their business up and running. I'm like starting to like listen to myself more, more and more often now. And yeah, it's very liberating. Um, yeah, that growing up in a you know Filipino household, and I'm sure it's like that for other ethnicities, right? Uh, there's a certain level of compliance, right, and just yeah. order, right, of being able to hey that's just the way that you do things. You're going to listen to what the elders have to say, and they're going to be involved in the decision-making that you have around your life. But there's a degree of, yeah, that's the way that was back home, but we're here. Right. Mm -hmm. And Hey, I appreciate that, but you know, that's just not what I'm going to choose to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, you know, I think it's important, right? I think it's important to be able to have both worlds, right? There's world one where, hey, I want to be respectful. These are people that have, you know, my best interest in mind. So I think it's important to be able to be open-minded to, you know, some of the feedback and direction. But, you know, that level of um, compliance, I think it's unnecessary. Oh, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I try to be very careful with that too. I mean, my kids are older and giving my kids a chance to be who they want to be and giving them space right now. There's guardrails there too, right? I have an obligation to be a parent and make sure they don't make any dumb decisions and kind of prevent them from making dumb decisions. But the other part of it too is like, Hey, I've, I've made a lot of dumb decisions and you learn, right? My yeah. greatest takeaways from were some of the, you know, decisions that I made that were, I thought were good ideas that were not, and I had to pay for them. Right. So again, I think it's, you know, combination of both, right. Is, you know, hey, being mindful of that. But yeah, I mean, I think being held back because you're fearful or you don't want to be disrespectful to somebody else that is in your life. Um, yeah, that could be crippling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you about, you know, that the two sides of it and nothing to take away how I was raised. I mean, I thought I, I loved the, the way I was raised, um, just being able to have an open mind now on both sides. That's, I think where I'm learning um, more, but now I'm just like, man, I need to just focus on my passion, my desires now. It's cause I'm having trouble with that now. I've been reading this think and grow rich a little bit more like mm-hmm. rereading chapters, man, <laughs> or oh, just man. like over and over. Because when you and Matt, like, we're pulling out the books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got to, like, go over it again. Like, yeah. there's th- probably things I'm missing. 
Oh yeah. This book. There's so much to learn from that book. <laughs> yeah. That, um, that book is a game changer and, uh, yeah. Reading it over. I mean, it's super fascinating because in the book, it tells you to read it over. <laughs> right. And, um, as you read it over, there's things that it's like, Oh man, I completely missed that. Or that completely didn't resonate with it with mm-hmm. me. And what's so interesting about Napoleon Hill is how long was that study? 40 years? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's super fascinating that, you know, that was something that was, you know, created years ago, right? I don't even know what year that was, that that was, <laughs> that, that was written. But to think that, you know, he was interviewing Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, yeah. J.D. Rockefeller in their primes, and, you know, the impact that those leaders had in, you know, today's world and just understanding, hey, there are principles, founding principles that help people, you know, achieve varying degrees of success and, you know, how the dominating thoughts in someone's mind, you know, can manifest themselves into reality, right? And that happens in both negative and positive, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding that those things happen over time. It's not just some instantaneous thing that happens right now, right? And that could be deceiving, right? Wanting instant gratification right now. It's like, man, you know, just stick with the process. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen over time. Yeah. Do you you remember when Matt showed us his little – billboard or oh yeah vision board the Mm -hmm. vision board oh yeah do you have something like that yourself uh not a physical not Mm -hmm. a not not a physical uh thing i probably should uh but i don't have a an actual physical board like that do so you just use more digital just kind of putting your goals on a digital or like how do you what's your process and um i mean i have handwritten goals Okay. okay. Uh, I do have handwritten goals. Um and I revisit those handwritten goals. So I have a journal that I that I um that I write in that I have those handwritten goals. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the the vision board um I do not specifically have. Did when he showed that, I'm like, man, that looks that looks fun to look at. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, it's probably like, a good takeaway, right? I mean, if there's an exercise to do, it probably should be that. Right. Take, take away to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to specifically create, I mean, like what I liked about how he had that IBJJF uh, tournament on there with Epic roll. He took out, he took out the previous brand and put an Epic roll. I'm like, man, that dude's on another level. (laughs) Yeah. Another level. Uh, Man. Oh man. Uh, That was, I can, I can see it happening. Yeah, I already see it. That's, yeah, for sure. I believe in his product, man. And I took I took a closer look at his his um his logo and the lettering. Mm-hmm. They like roll together. Oh yeah, each letter. Like I don't know if you noticed that. Oh yeah, it looks, man. Yeah, man, good, good job. job. <laughs> yeah, good job, dude. Yeah, so simple. Yeah, but so dope. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting about that? So, like, I'm big. You know, the 90s graffiti culture, 90s graffiti era, 
you've heard me talk about it a lot and that's always been influential um to me i think what's fascinating about it is during that era it was counterculture right it was you know it was counterculture and now today you know it's art form right i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's common practice to be able to utilize that i mean i was watching or i was on the uh instagram of um what is it the uh lafc right the los angeles football club right have you seen that no and uh uh, anyways, the I was on their Instagram, and a lot of their lettering and inspiration, because they are in LA, has this very edgy, uh, I guess, kind of 90s graffiti influence that's part of their branding, right? And I'm like, man, that's so fascinating that a major brand like that, um, you know, is utilizing that. Uh, you know, one of my... Uh, one of my best friends, he was the best man at my wedding. He is a uh, the executive producer for Beats by Dre. And, um, you know, Beats by Dre, they've used, you know, a lot of those graffiti influence folks in a lot of their campaigns. And, man, it's just so cool, right, that something that was so counterculture, you know, is now part of just very big mainstream you know, look at uh, Louis Vuitton, right? They've done things with graffiti artists and, again, just major brands. And that's just part of uh, part of that, right? So, you know, super cool to be able to see that lettering or, or that type of inspiration come to life in people's branding. And the idea of simplicity, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to, you know, articulate what you're trying to make come to life through that. And you see it in combat corner you see it in vendetta you see it in epic role and it's not all graffiti but just that typography of just okay hey i want my brand to come to life through these letters and there is so much value in that simplicity very uh, again i i don't have that part of me i think that's part of why i have such a great appreciation for it mm-hmm. but um yeah it's super cool super cool to be able to see how something so simple as a cool name with some very cool lettering whether it's combat corner and even like, I like how combat corner they've taken that, um, CRNR, right. Oh um, yeah. And they're letting very clean mm-hmm. lines and the simplicity, right. I, and, and, um, Dan talked about that on, on his episode, right. Of mm-hmm. just how simple, right. There's value and mastery and simplicity. Oh yeah. And like, I know, it's so easy to notice and you know if you see that that's Dan the Savage's product oh, yeah. right there. Oh yeah. Like I've seen it now more often in like people's like training videos or just seeing <laughs> it in the background and I'm like okay, now I'm starting to realize like how much he's out there, how his oh, product yeah. is out there. Yeah. yeah. The, the the other thing too that, that I think I had mentioned this to you or I think you and I had talked about this of how liberating that must be that you know it's taken time right because you know combat corner you know they've been around whatever 16 17 years and how liberating it is to be able to have whatever idea they want and say hey we're gonna build a concept or a company or a brand around this idea and no one's gonna stop me 
right? I don't have, you know, some boss telling me I can't do it or some, you know, you, you look at uh, um, Noah from Vendetta. You know, part of the reason he started his freelance business was because he had that uh, micromanager for a boss inside of his, you know, when he was a creative director and, uh, you know, how liberating that must be to be able to like, I don't care. I'm just going to, I'm going to build this because this is what I like and I want to build it and no one's going to get in my way. I'm just going to, I'm going to build it and the people that like it are going to like it and the people that don't are not. And Mm -hmm. to me, that doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, there must be so much value in just, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me and I'm not going to worry about what everyone else thinks of me. Yeah. So what else? What's. Um, I had this thought uh, and I was listening to um, uh, a pastor on a podcast and um, he was sharing this concept of learning. And I was like, okay, this should be interesting. And he was talking about learning in rows versus learning in circles. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And he was sharing how, you know, sometimes people learn inside of a classroom and it's in rows, right? There's one person standing in front and there's rows of people and the person that's teaching is teaching and the people sitting in the rows take information. And they, that's a learning process, right? Or a mechanism of teaching. And then he was giving the same example of, hey, you could take that same message and you could teach it in a circle. And instead of it being in a row, it's going to be more hands-on and interactive in a group. And we're going to have a discussion and we're going to talk. It could be the same exact topic with the same exact people, but changing that dynamic of rows versus circles um, you know, that changes or that could change because some people gravitate towards, you know, one or the other. So anyways, I was listening to this, um, this pastor talk. I'm like, man, this is a pretty interesting topic. So I was going to, I was going to ask you hearing that thought process of learning in rows versus learning in circles. How do you learn best? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is how we learn technique in jiu-jitsu when we're on the mat. Everyone circles around when we're being taught a technique. So with that being said, man, I think I learn better in a circle. (laughs) Yeah, pretty interesting, right? I can easily get distracted in a row because the only one that can see me is the person ahead of me or the person facing towards me, but everyone's facing away from you. So it's like, there's no accountability at that point. Um, so man, that's an eye opening experience. I just realized that. Yeah. What's so fascinating, (laughs) right? So so that, that was exactly what I said, right? So I'm listening to this whole thing and I was like, man, that's very fascinating because when you think of traditional education, traditional education is taught in rows. Mm -hmm. And when you think of people that have degrees or people that are labeled as smart, um, a lot of their formal education happens in, in rows. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think it is fascinating that, Hey, there are kind of two worlds 
that, you know, so, and some people learn better in, in rows and, you know, aren't mm-hmm. that good inside of a, you know, a small group setting and having conversation about specific topics. But I was like, Man, that's super fascinating because I think there's a lot of carryover, right? I think there's carryover. I mean, think about with the Black Diamond Club, right? And I, I don't know what it's like inside the Black Diamond Club, um, but, you know, you're flying around the country going to these seminars and it's like, are those seminars in rows or are they in circles or are they in combination? They're in rows. Yeah. So, they're, I mean, they're, they're in rows. Yeah. And again, but I think engaging. That, yeah, exactly. Right. Cause it's like, Hey, yeah. I don't think that that's the rows are a bad thing, mm-hmm. but, but it is pretty interesting. Right. When you, when you think about the dynamic of learning and learning in rows versus learning in circles. Yeah. Man, I'm gonna dig in, in a little bit deeper or you know, next time I take a anything I'm learning, if I'm in a row, I'm like and and comparing it to when I'm in a circle. Yeah. yeah definitely right now when I think about it and I, I immediately think of being on the mats. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think I learn better in a circle. Yeah. Just, I just need that accountability of like someone watching me. Like, are you paying attention? <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 also too, I think the you know the in jujitsu it could be a little bit more uh, engaging, right? Kinesthetically, because like what they're demonstrating, it looks different from one angle to the next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to like socialize and be able to say like, hey, am I doing this right? And mm-hmm. immediate feedback of, I'm gonna see a technique. I may ask a question or two, or someone may ask another question. I may see it from a different angle and then I'm going to go and apply it and immediately, you know, being able to, you know, ask the partners next, next to us saying, Hey, is this right? Or, Hey, let me see how you guys are doing that. Um, you know, it's a very interesting learning environment. Right. Um, but again, I, uh, again, I don't have a wrong or right answer. It was just literally one of those questions that, as as this pastor was talking, I'm like, man, that's a very interesting, very interesting topic. Because again, it's, I think there's a lot of things where, um, hey, sometimes we can move faster if people are just, you know, if I'm transferring information and I'm trying to educate somebody, like, hey, we can move faster. Everybody get into a row. I'm going to share information, kind of get get on, check the box. I distributed the information. Now it's up to everybody to to take that information. If you guys want to go off in a circle yourself, great. But if I'm distributing information, you know, in a row, like, okay, hey, that makes sense because you could just get a lot more done quicker. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the the other thing too that made me think about this was um, it made me think about Nathan, how Nathan uh, talks about the process of becoming an attorney and how a lot of the work that was done as an attorney it's not necessarily teaching you the law. It's teaching you to think like an attorney. And a lot of the thinking process is forced through the Socratic method, right? Meaning questions. they're going to ask questions and they're going to put you in a position to, you know, be able to answer and be able to answer confidently. Um, and you're doing that in front of your peers and, you know, maybe your peers may have some perspective on, you know, your commentary, right? So, the, you know, in, in that essence, like, okay, that's, that's a bit of a circle versus being in rows. Man, I'm definitely going to bring bring that up next week when I'm out in Miami for um, Black Diamond Club. Yeah. I'll bring that up to Sean and Lacey and, like, 
You ever thought about maybe changing up the scenery a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Having 300 people circle around you? <laughs> well, well, I think I think what's also too is like, it, it may not necessarily be 300 people, right? It may be, you know, a combination of both, right? Where, hey, we're going to share this concept or information and we break it up into small groups, right? And right. be able to go from there. And I remember, mm-hmm. uh, so at a previous company, I had um, worked in, or, or one of the one of the times in my career, I used to do these certifications and teach certifications. And part of the certification was it was done in rows, and part of it was done in very small circles because we would break up into small groups, and we would break up into you know groups of three or groups of five or groups of ten, and those groups would break out. One person would, you know be kind of the lead or some uh, somebody would be in front of those three and those people would provide feedback immediately. And I think that's, you know, very helpful, right? Being able to have a combination of that uh, mm-hmm. learning in circles versus learning in rows. Yeah. What about you? Like when you first thought about it, like when you were in school or, you know, learning something, what do you think works best for you? I think combination works best for me yeah. because um, if somebody were to give me information, mm-hmm. um, I need to be able to sit and observe and process it for a little bit, right? So I think sitting in rows is very appropriate. Um, but I think for me to be able to really dig deeper into a concept, I would need to get into rows, right? But if we're going to just be talking and I'm going to be learning information, I may be hearing two, three, four, five, ten different things, um, but I may only really latch onto one or two things. And I think those one or two things are the things I would want to have a circle about, right? Gotcha. But um, yeah, it's a very interesting, very interesting. <laughs> so, so for you, it's like you need it row first and then a circle after. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, for sure. Right, because I don't think yeah. it has to be. I don't think it's an either or. Right? I think it's uh, you know, it's an and or both. Right? Yeah. It's, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. That. It's it's um, <laughs> you know, rows and circles. Right. You can have you can have both. Right. Because I think mm-hmm. it's important to be able to have, you know, a learning learning information in uh, in certain ways. Because think about this. Right. Is like I consume a lot of content. Right. If I'm driving, I'll listen to audiobooks or I'll listen to podcasts. That theoretically is learning in a row. Because there's one person talking to me. Right. Right. And then it only comes to life is if I go and I take that concept, kind of like what I'm doing right now, right, is I literally heard this pastor talking about it. I took it. That was in a row, right? It was Mm -hmm. him speaking to me as well as whoever else was listening. And I took that. Now we're socializing and we're putting it into a circle, right? So I think that there's, you know, value in both. But just, uh, again, very simple concept I never thought about, <laughs> just literally blew my mind. I'm like, oh, man, that is super cool, man. I never never thought about uh, how how simple that uh, that theory or that concept is and um, mm-hmm. how that applies to a lot of things that are important to uh, to us, right, as we continue to continue to learn and grow. Yeah. It's one of the pillars, one of the pillars of, uh, of the brand statement. We value the results of learning. Oh, I love that. Are we, gonna, are we diving into more of the pillars? Um, I mean, we can go through it really quick, man. For those yeah. of you that haven't heard, uh, the 
brand statement for Biz Jitsu. I'll read it real quickly. Um, but it starts with, we believe business like jujitsu is not easy and success is not achieved alone. We value the results of learning, being courageous and authentic, the power of creativity, taking action and achieving success. We exist to strengthen the BJJ community by creating relationships and referrals for BJJ practitioner owned businesses with others that need their products or service. We promise to deliver opportunities to network both on and off the mat through entertaining, inspirational, and educational content delivered through multiple media channels and events. There you Boom. go, everyone. Boom. I love yeah. it. <laughs> you know what's interesting is, is it sounds very, I'll use a word, corporate, right? To even have a <laughs> brand statement, which is kind of lame. Um, it really, the, the idea of having a brand statement, again, I, I realize the value of it and how important it is. But, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like one of those things that how you start is how you finish. If you start incorrectly, you're going to finish incorrectly. And, you know, if you start, you know, without a target, you're never going to be able to finish or even determine if you hit a target, right? So mm -hmm. as we were going through this kind of back and forth exercise, I'm like, hey, you know what? It's probably helpful for us to be able to start. Mm -hmm. And we went back and forth through this. And I mean, I was hammering Ed with like specific words because the way that it would work is he would ask me a bunch of questions and I would respond back. And then we would have a conversation, talk about it. Then he would send it back to me. We kind of went back and forth. And, you know, things that were important to me and, and what I was hoping to achieve. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a learner, right? I like learning. I like learning jujitsu. I like learning about business. I like learning about people. Um, and that was very, very important. And, you know, that's why that a lot of this stuff is kind of bleeded into, um, you know, into what we're doing, right? We value the results of learning being courageous and authentic, right? Being courageous and authentic. For me, this was massive because the idea of Vince starting a podcast, talking about business and jujitsu, like if you look at things that I've done, this is way outside of anything that I would ever do, but it was something I felt compelled to do. And I said, Hey, you know what, if I'm going to do it, it's going to, we're going to do it. And if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And that takes courage. Right, it takes courage, mm -hmm. and and you know, again, going back to the authenticity. I mean, even down to the way we created the logo and the way that we're doing things. Yeah, hey, there's a bit of edge to uh, to what we're doing, and I want to keep it, you know, very authentic. Right, that's that's important. The power of creativity, taking action, and achieving success. The uh, the best part about that is that applies to both business and jujitsu. When you think of this this kind of second pillar, right, we value the results of learning, being courageous and authentic, power of creativity, taking action, achieving success. That was a, that's not just the air quotes, a business thing. Like that's a life thing and a jujitsu thing, mm -hmm. right? Is, okay, we're going to just try things, be courageous. And, you know, same thing, right? When it comes to being authentic, right? Part of the value of being jujitsu, especially the further and further you get is you start, you know, I heard this phrase early on. I never understood it. 
but you hear this phrase about like, you know, there's going to be a, a phase where you're going to develop your game, right? Air quotes, your game. What the hell does that mean? Like, I don't understand what my game is. And now, now it's starting to come to life, right? Of like, oh shoot, this is just the way that I do things and I learn things and I apply things. And that's a value. That's an artistic part of jiu-jitsu. And there's a scientific mm-hmm. part, right? Of jiu-jitsu. There's both art and science. Mm-hmm. And part of that is being courageous and authentic, right? Being able to like, hey, I'm just going to creatively try things and I'm going to experiment and I'm not going to be afraid to fail. I'm going to take action. And, you know, hey, there's going to be parts of it where, you know, I'm going to feel accomplished and achieve success. And there's going to be parts where, hey, I'm going to have to just learn from this because I got smoked. And sometimes yeah. I'm the I'm the nail and sometimes I'm the hammer, right? But, you mm-hmm. know, all of those things are all in, in tune with one another. But that applies to, you know, whether you're trying to move up in your career or whether you're trying to start a business, right? That level of courage and authenticity and creativity and just got to take action. You got to learn, right? I mean, those are all parts of, you know, who we are and and the DNA of what we're trying to launch here. And to me, there's value in that. That brings me to a quote I wrote down, um, re-listening to a chapter of Think and Grow Rich talks about every failure brings an equivalent success oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) just mind blown right now just you talking about that and like i just read that this week and like wrote that down in my notes dude yeah yeah every stars um, aligning (laughs) yeah no question about it man i don't believe in accident i don't you know it's um you know we're we're here where we are and we have um you know, responsibility to respond in either direction, right? We can fold and conform or we can, you know, become who we are destined to be, do what mm-hmm. we're destined to do. Yeah. It's exciting. Exciting stuff, man. <clears throat> what else? Um, updates. What are some updates? updates? Um, I started some preliminary work on, you know, my practice. Nice. And I'll be opening up next year. Nice. Um, you know, started this this roster that you shared with me when you started this this podcast, and yep. I'm going to be trying to implement some of the same principles that you are doing with this. And um, creating that roster was not easy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do I need this? Like, let's dig in a little bit deeper. Like, I need I need you know a front office. Uh, a, a CA, like, like just, um, what else? A CPA, like, oh yeah. How many? How, like, just digging into all the layers of the business, and then, um, I was also like thinking about. I I can't remember if I, if this was right, but when you start a business, you want to start thinking about like your ideal client, your quote unquote ideal client, and I've always had trouble doing this. Until I heard something, I can't remember if it was a another aud- audio book I was reading, but like they were talking about what do you want the patient or your client to experience, and you start from there. Like, man, I want I want like high level of um what did, what are the words that I used? I can't remember. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up. I had it in my notes here. So I want to bring an elevated experience. I want it to be sophisticated and relaxing. 
there could be more layers, but I'm just, you know, jotting down my ideas right now. Yep. So that's where it starts. Um, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm starting right now with, you know, as far as your question about updates, but man. Yeah. The important part is start. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I think what comes to life is like, who are the ideal clients? Um, I think you got to start, right? I think there's the optimal ideal, Hey, here's where I want to land. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you go through this, um, you know, you'll learn and ask questions and, uh, kind of like, remember when I was having that conversation with you when I was in the car and I was telling you about, we were talking about marketing, right? And we're like, oh, well, you know, the target market from a marketing standpoint is, you know, this person or that person. And I was telling you, hey man, I think we're, I think we're missing the boat on here. I think we need to be going after, um, uh, you know, middle-aged, um, homemakers and wives because they're the ones that are always sharing, sharing content. Right. Yeah. And uh, again, I, you, you know, you never really know who I think there's the, who's a target audience. Um, but also how you get to that target audience. I mean, you got to just start and start building and then figuring out kind of some framework around it. Right. So like in my, uh, recruiting business, there are, um, typically heads of HR that make decisions whether or not they work with an agency and who the agency is and what the terms are. Now, along with that, there's other people that are involved, right? Typically operational executives, uh, sometimes finance may be involved because of um, the way that, you know, the agency is compensated. Sometimes, you know, maybe legals involved because there are some contractual things that need to happen. So there are people that are involved. So the natural tendency is like, oh, I'm going to go after all these, you know, HR executives, right? Which is probably a good starting point. But like, hey, you don't necessarily need to go after the HR executives, right? Maybe it's the middle layer HR person that's looking to get their name on the map to find the all-star recruiting agency, right? Because the HR executive that's been around, they already have relationships, right? So, you know, maybe you got to target somebody else, right? Maybe it is, hey, I'm going to go after the hiring manager for the open positions because they're the ones that are going to actually have to be the one that's going to manage the candidate, mm-hmm. right? So, hey, if there's a, you know, a sales executive that may not be involved in the actual, you know, hiring portion of it, but they're going to be the ones that have the open position, um, I may go after that person and they're going to introduce me to the all-star HR person. And then I'll have to work through that HR person to talk to the HR executive, send them a contract, work with them from a legal and finance perspective. But it really started with, Hey, I'm going to start with this person over here. Right. So yeah, I think part of that is just, you know, there's the air quotes ideal. Mm -hmm. And then how we get to that person is the, you know, kind of creative part of how we get to that person. And then also to ultimately, you know, inside of a, a chiropractic office, I would imagine it's very similar to a fitness studio, maybe even a restaurant, uh, a restaurant tour also, right? Because there is some hospitality experiential things that are mm-hmm. the difference maker. Yeah. Right? Cause the small things are the big things. Yes. Right. How, yeah. uh, you know, I was, I was recently, um, uh, 
I had a um, uh, experience with AAA. Is that a, a dead battery? Uh-huh. And so called AAA. AAA had um, sent me to a virtual assistant. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. Uh, but it was actually very pleasant, extremely pleasant. And I was like, man, very AI driven, right? So I typed in my information, a couple of things. Hey, are you, is this the location that you're in? Okay, great. Is this a car? Okay, great. Hey, let me go find somebody that's going to come and help you. And then, you know, a couple seconds later, hey, this um, this uh, towing service with battery service will be able to uh, be able to help you. They'll be there by this time. And literally they were, you know, in route and on time on the exact within, within a few minutes of when the virtual says, I'm like, dude, that's pretty legit. And it could have gone the opposite direction, right? Because like if that virtual assistant experience was bad, then I would have been super annoyed because, okay, they, pawned me off to some technology and now I can't get through and I can't get answers. And now my battery is still dead and it's super annoying. Right. But triple A delivered very positive experience. And again, that's a touch point that right. Was super helpful. Right. It was very quick, very accurate, Mm -hmm. uh, very simple to deal with. Right. Right. All all done via text message. I'm like, man, that's pretty legit, (laughs) pretty legit experience. (laughs) But that touch point is important. Oh yeah. Um, you should get a Tesla, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you, right. you know what's you funny is, is I was experience at, experience the you know the convenience of that. <laughs> what's what's funny is is that um, the you know we're in the market for okay. getting a new car, and my wife, you know she. I has a hair business that's here in Corona. So she has very minimal commute. And then I have the big commute and uh-huh. we're getting the car for her, not for me. <laughs> I was thinking about <laughs> Tesla. I'm like, man, if we're going to get Tesla, like I'm going to end up driving it because it's more beneficial for me to drive a Tesla. Not that she couldn't benefit, but I'm trying to be very mindful for, <laughs> for that. But yes, at some, at some point the Tesla experience is, um, is on the list. Yeah. I mean, like talking about product, like, they are like top notch. Like it, it, they have an app. It's I don't know how to explain it, but everything you need is on that app. Yeah, like you need some services. They just changed the game of the automobile industry. Like it's insane. That's insane. I, <laughs> I can't see myself going back. Yeah, unless you know something happens with all of our technology in the world and I have to go back to a motor car, but yeah. here I am all obsolete driving a battery operated car. But I think I am gas and batteries. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just going on that topic of like, um, client experience, man, oh, it's everything. they know how to, they know how to deliver. Yeah. I mean, your experience with AAA, man, quick, easy, efficient. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. That's kind of like where I'm at right now with, you know, building or this process of the preliminary work, because I I feel like the ideal client will come into fruition once I, you know, start knocking out all these little details, what I want them to experience. 
then I'm like thinking, oh, who wants to experience that? Obviously everyone, but there's still a layer of like people that want these specific things. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the the thing that's fascinating about that, right, is like there's the optimal and then there's where you are mm-hmm. and working towards that, right? It's version one. What does version one look like? And what's mm-hmm. it going to take to have the best version one possible and get that off the ground? I mean, think about the podcast. I mean, we're only whatever, you know, 12, 13 episodes in published, right? We have a couple more in the bank. But, you know, the idea was, hey, we want to get the best possible product out there. We did a couple pilots, a couple different ways we want to do it. And, hey, just start, and then we'll keep building. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to build, right, and get better and add. Right? I mean, I just think about, you know, even just the look and feel of it with, you know, some of the graphics and Noah's art and just all these things. Like, okay, we're getting better there. You look at our social, like, okay, hey, you've you've been crushing it. We've been, you know, leveraging um, uh, Mike, right, on, on some of the kind of look and feel. So there's some consistency there. And we're going to continue to improve, right? It's just, hey, version one. I mean, even you could even look at, you know, the first pieces of content that we put out in end of August, which wasn't that mm-hmm. long ago. I mean, it looks entirely different compared to what it is yeah. today, oh, right? Yeah. And our initial distribution was through Instagram and just even our approach to the way we're using Instagram, you know, has evolved, right? And you have to think, okay, hey, getting the kind of the old school Facebook page, which it's not even old school, but okay, we're getting that off the ground. LinkedIn's coming off the ground. Um, We're, you know, next on the horizon, right? We'll get the YouTube channel launched working with uh, the Ninja Pipeline guys from a website standpoint, um, working with a team from, you know, marked from a digital uh, marketing standpoint, um, opened up Amazon Music, Audible, right? I mean, it's just like, hey, we're going to keep evolving, keep adding, keep building. Yeah. Right? It's a, And it's an ongoing process, right? I mean, just think about how much we've got done in, you know, this short period of time. I mean, imagine what will be, you know, this time next year, right? Imagine we'll be two years from now, three years from now, five years from now. It'll keep uh, keep getting better. We just got to be committed, right? We got to be committed. And, and part of this, again, we go back to this North Star, right, of we value the results of learning, being courageous and authentic, the power of creativity, taking action, and achieving success. I mean, that is, hey, we have to just be committed. The only mm. way we can learn is if we do it, right? Try it. Test it. Yes. See what happens. Do we like it? Do we not like it? Is it good, right? And that takes courage, right? It takes courage to be able to put yourself out there and also be authentic, right? Because it's like, hey, I, I have zero interest in being someone I'm not, right? I'm yeah. just, hey, this is who we are and we're going to do the best we can to serve the community and do the best we can to deliver great product and build great relationships and network with one another and create opportunities for people to network and do all those things. We want to stay committed to that. But the only way we're going to do that is not by us sitting on sidelines. We're going to do that because we're going to put ourselves out there and you know, learn, learn how do we better communicate, learn how can we create better content, learn how can we network better, right? How can we find ways to be able to come on and off the mat, right? How do we make content that is entertaining and inspirational and educational, right? I mean, there's like all these pieces of the puzzle, but that's on us to, you know, learn. And, you know, that's part of the kind of cornerstone of of who we are and what we're trying to get done. So it's been fun. 
super fun. It, it's been extremely fun. I never knew, like, diving into this, how much of a passion project it is for me personally, because I'm starting to like be more creative in things like Updan, I got some ideas I want to put out. Like I never had this much enthusiasm in doing something because man, I just love what we're doing here. It's, yeah. It's, well, well think about think about the countless times. I mean, you're on the other end of it, right? Because like I'll have some random idea of like, hey man, take this piece, put this audio, <laughs> have this done. And, you know, just I don't know, try it. See what happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, those are all, I mean, that's really the result of, Hey, thoughts are things. Yes. Right. And you know, the, yep. the idea of, you know, random thought manifesting itself into reality. That's mm-hmm. what the, this pro that's what this podcast has been. It's a random yeah. thought, random thought that came up and that's manifested itself into reality. Yeah. Just like how Matt mentioned in, in his episode, you know, mm-hmm. just, you have these thoughts, write it down. If it's, if it means something to you. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good cool, stuff. man. Well, this was a uh, insightful episode. Had a couple uh, levels of resistance. I don't know what was going on with the um, with all the honking in the background, but um, that's it. It's because it. it, it, it. <laughs> it. they knew you were, were reco- recording right now. That's why. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. Hey, if that's the if that's the biggest <laughs> obstacle we gotta deal with is all right, hey, at some point we'll get an actual full professional studio so you'll can't hear anything. We'll get there. <laughs> but uh yeah, wow. it's not gonna not gonna stop uh I'm not gonna let someone's well, whatever they have <laughs> going on outside stop me from uh from sharing content. <laughs> Oh man, that's good stuff. Resistance, resistance. Resistance is real. Got to overcome <laughs> it. Got to address it. Got to face it. Uh, cool, man. What else? Any other uh, kind of key takeaways? Any other thoughts you want to share? Uh, that was it. I wanted to share, you know, where I'm at with, um, you know, with the practice or preparing what I'm preparing right now for the practice. Cause that is one of the key topics that we've been asking or the key questions we've been asking a lot of our guests, like, what would you do? What advice would you give Archie? <laughs> start, just start. I need to start. Yeah. I need to start. I need to, need to start doing that. So it's in the work now, now, now that I've actually got some, some things started now, it's like on my calendar now every day. So, yeah, yeah, putting out and just man, it's so crazy how the value of consistency of just how things compound very favorably. I mean, I I see that in my jujitsu. I mean, I still have a lot of holes in my game in jujitsu, but I mean, my jujitsu games evolved so much just by staying consistent. Yeah, staying consistent, and then also to just trying new things and trying, uh, trying. Not necessarily new things, but um, I guess yeah, trying trying new things and adding to my game, but really trying to hone in on certain aspects of my game, but doing it consistently. Like literally every time I go to class, like okay, I'm, this is what I'm trying to get done. I'm gonna learn the move of the day. I'm gonna apply the move of the day. I'm gonna react to you know my partners. I'm gonna be a good partner, but I'm gonna have my own things that I'm working on. 
Right. It sounds negative to have an agenda. I'm going to have my own agenda when I come to class, but yeah, I have an agenda. I'm going to practice yeah. certain things and I'm going to put myself in certain situations because I want to see what it's like to do that against various bodies, against various, you know, uh, belts, various sizes of people at various speeds and be able to say, Hey, I'm trying to get to this end destination. And can I get there right from here and from there? And how do I, how do I move from here to there? And just keeping an open mind, right. And learning, yeah. learning along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency, but you got to start, you got to start, you got to do it. You got to start. <laughs> Cause I could talk about jujitsu all day long, man. I could talk about getting better at jujitsu only, mm-hmm. only happens by you doing it. It's yeah. the only way it happens. 100% agree with you on that. Um, with that being said, so we'll see you in class on Monday? <laughs> Bright and early. Bright and early. Let's go. Bright and early. All right, everyone. Appreciate uh, everyone's time. You're listening to the Biz Jitsu Podcast, where we talk all things business and all things jiu-jitsu. Uh, here with Archie and uh, another episode for the books. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye.